Hello and welcome to another edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle Podcast. I'm your weekly host, Dan Capro, and we go into the various areas of personal finance that very often other people don't. That's what makes this show a little bit unique. We try to go at things with a slightly different perspective. So I want to thank you all for for participating in today's podcast. Today we're going to get into a subject that no one likes, but it's been a lot in the news, so it's important we talk about it, and that's the issue of taxes. And Ultimately, what may be coming down the uh, the pipe as it relates to tax reform. So, let's first look at where we currently are. The United States has one of the largest corporate income tax rates in the world, and as a result, a lot of U.S. companies have either chosen to put their business off overseas or keep their profits overseas because of something known as the repatriation tax, which means If you make profit overseas and then you bring it into the U.S., you're going to get taxed on it twice. And so as a result, companies are like, nah, we'll just keep it out there and we'll use it for whatever we need to use it for overseas. And of course, what they do is they lobby and they hope that eventually they'll see a reduction in tax. So what is ultimately driving what we're seeing here is a desire by some politicians, at least, and actually I think probably more than half. Of the lawmakers to get some type of reduction in the corporate tax rate. The hope, of course, is that by doing that, you will, in essence, bring more job opportunities to the United States because companies will take this money, they'll reinvest it, they'll perhaps pay it out in dividends, whatever the case might be, but it will be an economic boost. And history has shown that to always been the case. When John F. Kennedy lowered taxes in the early 1960s, we saw an economic resurgence When Ronald Reagan did it, even when Bill Clinton did it, we saw an economic resurgence as a result of lower tax rates. And the interesting thing, too, is that the Treasury received more money. There is this general belief that if you lower tax rates, then the deficit will be worse. Well, there's certainly a level at which you could lower them to where that would be true. But if if you make the economic pie larger then even though the government's getting a smaller percentage of it, at the end of the day, they're getting more money. And, and that, that's at least the theory. And it has proven true in many cases. There's other cases where it hasn't. And as a result, people will say, well, then that just simply doesn't work. But the truth of the matter is that it is your money. It's not the government's money. And, and the government should be tasked with doing more with less. We certainly as individuals have to be that way. No one seems to ask us where we're going to get the money if they raise our taxes. You know, my, my local school districts finds a way to raise taxes about every two years on property taxes. And as a result, you know, that's less money that I have. No one ever asks me, well, you know, where's that money going to come from? They just, they just do it. So I'm not trying to get overly philosophical or even political with you, but you know, let, let's just understand first and foremost, it's our money. Now, as it relates to people that are shoring up money for their retirement, One of the concerns I've always had is the tax rate that you're going to pay in retirement, because if you're sitting there with money sitting in a 401k plan, if you've got money, if you're going to receive Social Security benefits, all that money is subjected to taxation. And if tax rates change in the future, well, you could have even less money than you think you're going to have now. There was a time Social Security benefits came tax free, and that is no longer the case for about a third of all Americans, almost every one of my clients without good planning, would be paying taxes on their Social Security benefits. And, of course, things like your 401k, your IRA benefits, those types of things 
uh, will be subjected to taxation. So you have to be mindful of that. All right. So what are some of the big proposals here? Well, on the corporate side, the big one is just to lower the overall corporate tax rates. For those of you who might own a small business, if you are filing as a Chapter S, an S corporation, if you are maybe an LLC and you take part of your earnings as a salary and the rest of it you take as a dividend, you will likely see a significant reduction in your taxes as a result of the proposed changes. Whether or not they hold up, we'll see. On the personal side, it's interesting because the things that are being proposed, it's hard to really discern whether or not who is actually going to pay more, who's going to pay less. So let's explain. The first thing they're looking to do is to simplify the code by minimizing deductions. Whereas now, you, you can write off primarily charitable giving, any tax that you pay to a local authority, and your home mortgage interest. Those are the three major deductions that, that exist today. And what they're proposing to do is to put a cap on the deduction that you can take on local taxes. So whether that be your property tax, whether that be the state city income taxes that you pay, they are looking to remove that as a deduction. Now, in return, the proposal says that they will dramatically increase the standard deduction. So even though losing those on the one hand might reduce your itemizations, the amount of money that you can deduct, the standard deduction in itself might be even larger than what you were taking previously. That's the idea. Now, the people that are clearly going to pay more on this approach would be those individuals who live in states with very high state taxes. California, New York, Massachusetts, those states will they'll tax you 10% easily at the state level. So if somebody's making $200,000 a year, they could easily be paying $20,000 to the state of New York. They're not going to be able to deduct that anymore. Now, for those who live in states where there is no income tax, Texas, Florida, Tennessee, well, you can see that this has no effect on them whatsoever. So that is going to be a big part of it. And that's where these discussions come in as, as to whether or not it's quote unquote fair. Look, there is nothing fair about taxes. Uh, taxes are what the government decides it needs to function. I'm certainly not an anarchist. I, I do understand that there's some benefit to having organization amongst societies. But there's always going to be a winner. There's always going to be a loser. The reality, though, is that most people, well, half at least, do not pay any federal income taxes. And the overwhelming majority of tax is paid by the top 5% of all earners. So it's absolutely impossible to do any type of tax reform without affecting the largest earners. If there is a tax deduction for all, well, in pure dollars, the higher earner who pays more in tax is going to benefit more. It's just the way it is because he or she is already paying a disproportionate share. So I, I always laugh at some of the rhetoric that the politicians will use. It's almost as if they think that they're by giving a tax break to someone who's a high earner, it's, it's somehow hurting somebody who's a low earner, and, and it's not. It's absolutely not. Now, of course, the government has to figure out what it's going to do with its revenues. But no, I mean, what affects one, it's not a zero-sum game, as they very often try to make it. All right, so what does all this mean for you? Well, again, we don't know what the tax rates are going to look like next year. 
the hope is that they will come out with them. They'll come to an agreement any day now or any week now, because I would love nothing more than to show you whether or not you should do certain things this year before tax rates go up next year. We may not have that luxury. We may have a situation whereby tax rates are going to be changed retroactively. So in other words, the new tax bill might get signed January 15th, and it will be effective January 1. So we won't have the ability to say, hey, rates are going to change next year. You need to take action on this now. We're not going to know that. Also understand, too, that tax rates are always vulnerable to change. Every time you have a new administration, that's always one of the top things that's on there. So in uh, three years, you know, have another presidential election. Who knows what the House and Congress will look like? You may have a different president. You may have a different House and Congress with a completely different agenda. We'll just have to see. So all we know is the present. So here's what I would say to you for the present. Uh, if you are over age 50, actually, let me strike that. It doesn't really matter how old you are. But if you have money sitting in tax-sheltered accounts, IRAs, for example, you've never paid the money on that, then you should consider perhaps converting some of that over to a Roth IRA and pay the tax on it now rather than pay the tax on it later. You don't have to do a lot. You can do a little at a time. I generally recommend you only do the amount that A, you can come up with the money to pay the tax for, and B, that it's within your marginal brackets. That way, no matter what the tax rates are in the future, it's not going to have any effect on you. That money that you have in that account is not taxed. And even if they change the law, they're going to grandfather it. They always do. So the Roth money that's sitting there now is protected. And I think that's always an opportunity that you should consider. Now, this is not a new message. You've heard me say this many, many times. But as I record this here in mid, mid-November, I'm reminded by the fact we got six weeks left to go in the current year. So if you want to talk more about this, if this is something that is of a concern of yours, and it should be, it should be a concern of yours, please reach out. 513-563-7526 is my number. You can also email me, dan at matsonandcapril.com, and I'll be more than happy to talk to you about it. If you're a client of ours, I'll be more than happy to sit down and do an analysis for you and show you. If you're not a client of ours and you'd like us to do an analysis, give me a call. We'll talk about that and what's involved in putting that in place for you. But we're always going to see tax change. It's just the way in which they're going to operate. It's just a fact of life. And what we need to do as investors is we need to make ourselves bulletproof as much as we possibly can. We need to use the tax code to our advantage. Because if we can position things that we have tax-free income in retirement, then it's very likely that we'll never pay taxes as well on our Social Security benefits. And, and that would be very useful. You don't have to convert all your money, but if you can convert enough, you might be able to have yourself pay minimal or even no tax for many, many years during retirement, regardless of your net worth. They don't tax assets. They tax income. And there are strategies that can be done to minimize that tax. So, again, reach out to me, dan at matsonandcapril.com or 513-563-7526. Now, as soon as the new code comes out, I will be doing a podcast specifically on that. I will be taking you through the details. What are the changes? What are the things you need to be mindful of? To try and change the subject a little bit, as we're approaching the Thanksgiving era and the holidays, I want to, again, thank all of you for listening to the podcast. I also want to 
thank all of you for um, just being a part of my life and uh, particularly those of you who are clients. I don't take your our relationship for granted at all. It's really an honor and a privilege to work with you. And I wish you and your family a, a Thanksgiving and, and holiday season full of love and, and goodwill and I hope and good health. And I look forward to talking to you very soon. Until next time, thank you. This is Dan Caprill, and thank you for listening to Solving the Financial Puzzle. Thanks for tuning in to Solving the Financial Puzzle. If you want to find out more about Dan Caprill or about today's topic, visit matsonandcapril.com. And be sure to join us for the next edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle. Information provided on today's show is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with an investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Dan Capril is an investment advisor representative of NPM Wealth Advisors and Capril Wealth Coaching, LLC. Both firms are registered investment advisors. To obtain a copy of Form ADV and a private policy statement for either firm, call 800-353-7923.